You're listening to Errol Parker and Clancy Overall, editors of the Batuta Advocate on Desert Rock FM. Welcome back to the Batuta Advocate radio show, live from Batuta Advocate recording studio. Um, very exciting to have today's guests in here. You've just got myself, Clancy Overall, today, and I'm joined by Gabe Gasparinatos. He's a director, a filmmaker, I guess we'd say nowadays. Uh, of the new 1-4 documentary Against All Odds and uh, joining Gabe is the subjects of his documentary two of them anyway we have Spenny and we have Sally 1-4 from the Western Sydney <laughs> thank you for joining us guys thanks for having us yeah thanks for having us to be here. what's the media run feel like now I mean these guys are used to like maybe a bit of media around new music or you know um, I've seen you do Rolling Stone GQ Yep, yep, we've done that. See, that kind of stuff. What's it feel like to be now, as opposed to, like, what you're promoting is your art, now you're you're the art. How does it how does it feel that way around? Yeah, it feels good yeah. um, to be able to tell our story and have a worldwide um, audience mm-hmm. get to tune in and see our side of the story. Now, we've heard a lot of your stories through your music, right? That's yeah. what this genre is. Yeah. And it's kind of caught a lot of people's imagination. You obviously inspired a lot of people. There's been a, a, something emerged from all of this that, you know, uh, a scene, right? Before I ask you about when you first saw this thing popping off, 1-4 for the first time, but what were you guys looking at that inspired you to get into drill? Like, I mean, a lot of, you'd hear in early Aussie hip-hop, skip-hop, such serious American influences, yeah. but it didn't look like that with you boys. What were you looking at growing up? Growing up and looking at the music that I was following at the time was a lot of old school hip hop. Yep. But with the boys, um, as we grew up and looking into different type of music, um, we felt like drill. Yep. Especially from the UK, was um, more relatable for us. Yep. The things that we were doing and the way that we were growing up. So we felt like we could relate more to the UK drill scene. Yep. And a lot of us boys. Um, went that direction so do, do you think it's because of how it looks like UK drill with the flats and the sportswear looks a lot more like your life that you were living than the low riders in California you know like the yeah. that, that LA yeah. scene for example yeah I'd have to agree with that yeah so. right yeah. because you you guys were onto that before Australian music was onto that I feel like Australian music kind of found drill off the back of it happening in our backyard yeah um, and we kind mm. of saw that when you guys started getting feature artists and turning high-profile British drillers into household names because they got, a, you know, because you were featured on the on the remix, for yeah. example. Yeah. What were some of the conversations you guys were having with, I know Howie, love you Howie, was uh, early on like kind of like an industry type that was floating around you guys. Yeah. What were the conversations you were having? Were they, were they basically saying, uh, we love this sound, we think it's it's going to be the new big thing, or were people kind of like more interested in seeing what you guys had, you know, where you were heading with it? Um, I feel like early days, there was a lot of hate yeah. like, towards us because people didn't really like see it as like we could actually do, like yeah. someone in Sydney can actually do music yeah. and like, you know, rapping itself was like very looked down upon. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. if you were to do it, it was like... You know the low rider stuff, the the American accents. Yeah, it was it was all that. But you know we'll be able, when we're able to tell our story. Um, I feel like we got a bit of 
you know, recognition and people were like starting to tune in, even though it was hate, it was yeah. like, all right, sweet, people are looking at us and yeah. if we're getting attention, then why not just, just run with it? I mean, they're like interested by it, right? Yeah. right? That's what I sort of first noticed is before people knew whether they liked it or not, they were fascinated by it and yeah. they were curious. Yeah. And it was more so like, it was like the first time people would actually get to see, you know, something like yeah. what we're doing. And I felt like it was an opportunity yeah. for us to like, all right, so if, if no one else is doing it and we can pave the way, why not just keep going? Yeah. Well, what were you thinking though creatively? Was it clip by clip, song, track by track? Or are you thinking album from the top? No, it was more just like taking the piss to be honest. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was nothing really serious. Yeah. Like, it's just like, all right, sweet, if this is going to work out for us, it works out. Yeah. We're blessed to have like a lot of heads yeah. in our group. And, you know, when we when we give advice to each other, we, we take it. Yeah. Like, it's, not, it's never like, yeah, a lot of the times that we're there in the studio, we just pretty much make new projects or, you know, we'll go home or whatever we're doing, we'll be writing and then yeah. we'll come in and we'll just lay down whatever we had. Yeah. There was no really, there was no structure towards yeah, it. Yeah, yeah it was, we're just doing whatever, yeah. whatever we wanted. And where you were at musically at that point in your life is what you were doing. It was whatever was happening on the day you were recording. Yeah, there yeah. was no, yeah, it's nothing to compare to what it is yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of want to talk a little bit about as it was happening because we couldn't really see as people that were watching you. I mean, most of us were watching you on YouTube or on socials because as we will talk about later, touring's been an issue for you guys. But what we didn't know and what is revealed in this documentary is what was happening, like, you know, the blokes were subbing in and out effectively um, of 1-4 as, as, as a rap group. Uh, Selly, you... When these songs were blowing up on YouTube, you were in jail. Yeah, I was in jail. Um, I got to hear a lot of it on the Triple J show through yep. Howie. So a lot of that time, that's how I heard the songs. Um, yeah, but it was good just to hear the boys on the radio and actually get to hear their songs and that yeah. as well. How else were you hearing about the buzz? Could you feel the buzz in jail? Uh, straight out, um, I think I knew it, yeah. but I think I had to experience it myself. Yeah. And I always told myself that inside, yeah. you know, like a lot of people used to talk about it or people that came from the outside and they'll come to the inside and then they'll tell me about it or just how the boys tell me. But I guess it's when you're just in there yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're contained in that. You kind of cut yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, you kind of, I don't think you can really experience the whole thing and I'm still experiencing it now. So, yeah. yeah. You kind of, yeah, and that, that's the next thing I want to talk to you about, that transition. We also see in the documentary YP has a similar story about having to come out now to this. It's not the same as when you went in. It's, yeah. then the boys are still there, you're still 1-4. How did you kind of handle those fan days and those uh, visits and stuff? This was not really what you were doing before you went in, but you'd made the music with the boys before you did, so. When I was inside, it was just, I was inside, yep. you know, that's, that's what it was for me. Yeah. So. Aside from being a big moment in Australian music, there's a big moment in Polynesian, you know, Australia. Your representation and, of course, like, you know, taking back uh, your own stories and, and presenting yourselves as, as you are, you know what I mean? Um, for many years, like, Polynesians in Australia were presented as Jay from Water Rats or... Uh, Chris Lilly, you know what I mean? So now it's like, you know, there's a big Polynesian moment. I think that was most evident with that Brisbane show. 
Wow. How quickly did that sell out? Was it in 10, 15 minutes? Yeah, yeah. Like 10, 15 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> all the Logan boys were ready for 1-4. There were two shows, right? There was the under 18 and the over 18. Oh, yeah, there was, there was an under 18. So <laughs> when they announced that show, um, it sold out in 10, 15 minutes. And then, like, Crazy. the under 18s were, like, making a fuss about yeah. they, they, they couldn't do it. They weren't able to, like, Come along. Yeah, come along. Because, like, we got a very big young audience yeah, at yeah. the time. So like we felt like, all right, sweet, let's put something on for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we put that on for like the under 18s and that, all all the ticket sales and that went to charity. Yeah, right. Yeah, it went to like a charity thing, but that got sold out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you are you um are you feeling that? I even remember seeing with the uh, Penrith Panthers match around the time where you guys were popping off. You'd see all the ones in the crowd, you know, letting everyone know where they were from and that they were obviously listening to your music. They were playing it at stadiums. Yeah. Uh, you get a yeah, lot of that. Yeah, the boys were, were supporting us and, you know, we support them just as much and it's just like a community thing. Yeah. Like, where we're from is like, when we see one of us make it, it's like, all right, sweet, we're all, we all get to be heard, we're all seen on the TV. Yeah. It's like, it's a proud moment yeah. when like our people are, are doing our thing and, you know, when we say Mount Jewel, it's like Mount Jewel. You only know what it's like when you're really yeah. from there. Yeah. Like people say postcode walls, this and that postcodes, but it's 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 really like nah. This is what we grew up in. We're all the same people, and like when you know, the younger generation get to see us put on like a global scale, yeah, it's like all right, sweet. Like we're showing them that yeah, one day you can do this. Yeah. And and it was all happening at once. You know, you kind of got Bam Bam, yeah. Tyson Pedro, you know, icing blokes. You got Penrith Panthers now at a three-peat of Penrith Panthers. But when you guys first popped off, they were in the grand final, right? Yeah. Around that time. And then you have you have one four and a whole number of different things that are happening behind the scenes. It's not just sport and, yeah. and hip-hop. But could you yeah. feel that? Can you feel that vibe yeah. out west? Yeah, 100%. I could feel that. Like, when people bring up Mount Jewett and people from Mount Jewett, like myself and you know the boys and that like people ask you where you're from it's like people look down on it like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like oh no you don't want to say it but now uh, you ask if, ask where you're from yeah, you we say, say Mount Jewel yeah. like we say it proud yeah, you know? yeah you say and, proud yeah yep. we want to want to like set that example for people that come from places that we come from not yeah. only Mount Jewel but just hoods in general yeah like, yeah yeah if, if you're from where, from where you're from like be proud of it yeah no you can't shy away from where you're from but it's where it's where you're going it's where you're heading that's a funny thing about sydney so traditionally right everyone the whole thing with sydney has been you make a bit of money you start moving east right yeah. eventually get to fucking bondi and that's yeah. that, that's like how people have always treated it the old footballers brad fittler's a good example of it penrith boy you wouldn't know it nowadays yeah. but i think what this what what hip-hop's done and it's particularly what the the nrl has done is made people you know this is where we're from this is going to be where we are forever it's like it, it's home it's not like something there's no necessarily a whole getting out of the hood attitude yeah. anymore it's like let's stay at home and be proud is, is that where you see yourselves i wouldn't say getting out like getting yeah. out's always good like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like when, you, when you're living in mount Jewel, like you're always trying to like become better and you know be in better places so yeah. that when your kids are growing up you, they don't have to go through the same things yeah. but it's more necessarily all right if i'm gonna move to this place i'm never gonna take that out of me yeah that's where i'm from i'm yep. never gonna say oh, i'm not oh, i wasn't yep. from mound or this and that like you know what i mean yeah there's a pro there's a difference between getting out and getting off the streets yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> gabe i want to talk to you mm. about when you first saw uh, one four. I, I think I remember. Yeah. I, I remember the first time I saw it, and I remember thinking, 
This has to be these these lads have to be from Sydney, just from the dress, right? That's what I was looking at. There was a little bit of a uh, edge. Yeah, oh, it was such like a, a, a distinct moment, or such a distinctly um, Australian sort of thing to see as well. Was the first time I heard Shanks and Shivs. I think was the first track, and just being so shocked that this was coming out of Western Sydney and coming mm. out of Mount Druitt, and being so impressed by the musicality of that track and, and, and so excited to kind of see that all happen. Um, I think that was the first time I came across one four and I knew Ricky, the, you know, the manager, yeah. um, I knew how I was kind of doing some work in that space. Um, but yeah, it was just so wild to see and hear that music. And it was so wild to see how people were starting to talk about it and how it was starting to get, you know, back then, like a hundred thousand views, maybe on Shanks and Shivs, was crazy for the time. Mm-hmm. Like, that wasn't for really sure like- for Australian music in general. Nothing move would move like that within yeah. twenty four hours. And that was sort of the first track to kind yeah. of get a bit of buzz. But even before that, I know you know those earlier songs. They had a different type of buzz on like Facebook. They were kind of yeah. going yeah. around like yeah. even way back. Yeah, yeah. So a thousand likes is big to us back in the yeah, days. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. When you got a thousand people liking your stuff, like your household. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So yeah, that, that was it was it was it was wild to see, and it was just so interesting and unlike anything I'd seen before, and just such an exciting moment. Yeah. And the way that people were embracing it and getting part of it um, when it started to pop off, it was yeah, yeah, part of it as well. When we were like, you know, doing all the music, and we kind of like wanted to normalize it. Yep. And now, four years later, seeing something like an act like us pop up, it's like not so like yeah. oh what the hell you know yeah for sure it's, it's, so it's not it, I wouldn't yeah. say it's mainstream but it's not taboo or it's not rare yeah um, but there is only one four and that's why you guys are in the documentary and that's why the documentary's uh, going to translate I, I guess around the world I mean because as we as we, we learn in the documentary Drill is not isolated to UK it originally popped off in Chicago as, as a sound but one thing I was thinking when watching that because you're yeah. showing some of the influences of you guys you know, early in your in your songwriting, I'm thinking: is this the first time like Harlem Spartans from London have been on screen in in a documentary? I mean, there's been some stories about you know Digger D had a documentary yeah. made about him that was a really interesting watch about his legal issues. I think it wasn't a you know a Netflix thing, and it maybe mm. hasn't had that kind of global reach. Um, but yeah, in some way, this is probably the first time that some of that music might actually get this global platform. Yeah, yeah, Harlem Spartans, I think. Yeah, and it's cool to be able to include that and reference that and make yeah. a point of, you know, yeah. the music that inspired you guys so early on, being able to see that in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're feeling seen. Not only is, like, you know, your community being seen in this documentary, but I feel like a lot of people around the world that have been involved in drill music are being seen for the first time, too, in a documentary about where drill got to in Australia. And I think people will go backwards. People might sort of, yeah, now start to get introduced to drill through yeah. one four through this documentary and yeah. actually be able to go back and learn about the history of yeah. it and go back to hear, you know, the music that inspired you guys and the yeah. music that inspired that, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. It? yeah. One thing I love which I don't think I've seen in Drill elsewhere in the world that you guys do is the very, very like on point uh, pop culture references uh, or Australian history. That was a good one. Uh, Bally on like Ned Kelly yeah. um, <laughs> from Smeddy or uh, Whipping in the Kitchen, Gordon Ramsay. Like there's uh, and even actually Home and Away referencing Brax. I met the guy that played Brax the other day and I told him about it. He goes, yeah. bro, I didn't know about this. I, this, <laughs> not, this has got bigger numbers than anything I've got on social media. Um, yeah, I think it makes sense as well to have them reference, especially if some of them are from Australia. Because yeah. we are from Australia and 
in our early days too that's what we we're trying to do you mm-hmm. know we we're trying to at least bring out you know the australian side yeah. yeah i feel like we took advantage of that as well yeah like um because you know there was other australian artists yeah. at the time like doing their thing and like we're like oh not hating on anyone but we're like fuck, I, I feel like we can do yeah you know like better yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah. just the honest truth yeah and it was like all right so if they're doing their thing in their australian accent and like we're not american we're not from uk yeah why can't we just do yeah, it in yeah. our own like our own accent when we first yeah. got on like we used to have arguments in the studio sometimes like oh why don't you say it like this like nah it sounds bogan this yeah, and yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, sure. you know for us listening to uk music uk music wasn't really like it wasn't too far off us. Yeah, it wasn't too far off for us. For sure. And, and people, you have to get really yeah. get used yeah. to like the accent, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I remember when the boys first introduced it to me, I was like, oh, I don't know. And then two months later, it started getting used to it and then got hooked on it. Yeah, it was yeah. like, all right, if this has the effect that it has on me, I reckon that we can have the same effect on other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you certainly did. I, I think just, um, I look back to maybe five, ten years before you guys, the first time I saw the SA... Adelaide thing happening yeah. <laughs> and uh, everyone kind of talks about higher man or uh, Cursor is the sickest the one that he spat in the car park that was the first time we saw the streetwear that was accurate to Sydney yeah. you know what I mean because Sydney's always had its own look and I, and I do feel one thing that I guess people might have taken from you guys is they're dressing like you like I know suburbs in Australia didn't used to wear this very Sydney look that you guys have. Back yeah. in the day, I remember yeah. it was the Dickies and the fucking Timberlands, yeah. and now everyone's doing the more of a Sydney look. Do you feel like a lot of people felt seen in the same way that, you know, Cursor was the first voice for those kind of Adelaide little blokes. Yeah. Do you yeah. feel like there was a whole lot of people, regardless of like nationality or background, but there are a lot of people just like, I mean, forget the music. These guys could just be on screen dressed the same where we're fuck, we're being recognized here where it's like we have a certain tro- type of look. Yeah, I felt like we were representing, you know, our people. Yeah. You know, and we weren't changing for no one. Like, mm. We weren't going to change our style just because people like didn't like it and they were calling us SJs and that we embraced it like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you have to embrace yeah. it yeah, I just sure I mean yeah, I don't, I don't that, know if that's, that's a derogatory are. term yeah. anymore it's not yeah. it's Bam Bam yells it into a microphone at the USC <laughs> in Dubai like it's it's uh, there's a lot of pride here which I think which is where I want to get to you know there's content there's horror it's a horror there's a bit of horror in the genre it's violent but it is so uh, – there's something else happening here that's important, and I feel uh, this is what the documentary uh, highlights, is that, you know, it's you're representing people, and a lot of people are probably doing a bit better and, and being inspired by seeing people that look like them out in the world, like you guys. So it is heartbreaking when you do have these, you know, these issues of censorship. Yeah. I don't want to give too much away about what this documentary is about, but it's something we've seen before in music, whether it was NWA or whether it was Johnny Cash, you know, he was, you know, had to actually release a live album in in a prison. I I just want to talk about taste, right? This is what I want to talk about here. Forget the content of the lyrics. What do you think, Gabe, is the line where New South Wales police would allow people on stage or, is, or do you think it's the people do you think it's the people as opposed to the content i think it's the people yeah. i think that you know australian music has always had you know depictions of violence in it mm-hmm. i think that you know 
um, what, what, what St. Matilda's about, you know, like a sheep thief. That it's a homeless thing. suicidal thief. Yeah. Is Walt St. Matilda, yeah. Um, I, I, th- I think that, like, Australia has a long history of music that does, uh, you know, explore violence and conflict. And, yeah, it's hard to say exactly what it is. But, yeah, I don't think it's just about the content so of the music. If these guys started, which we wrote on, but too, if these guys started doing, like, Foo Fighters covers, maybe New South Wales Police would let them Maybe perform. they'd be into it, yeah. <laughs> It was a drill song you were talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. We could do a drill cover of uh, yeah. Nirvana. Yeah, I, I, look, I don't know what it is, but it's disappointing to see that that sort of continues and disappointing to see that even at the premiere, there was such an intense police presence there. I know. And you did very well not to mention that on the microphone I during the Q&A. Yeah. Yeah, you could have said, you know, the police and some of them are here. Um, and that were, you know, that was sort of apparently throughout the theatre as well. Like, yeah. You know, and, and, and I think that, yeah, so I, I don't know if it's just about the content of the music because... Um, I think it's a bigger thing than that. Yeah, it, it, it is a bigger thing than that. I mean, I want to talk about the little wins you guys have had in terms of live performances. Uh, there's one sensational moment in the documentary, and I think you know what I'm about to mention here, when Spenny finds himself somewhere where it looks like it's just going to be Spenny. Yeah. And watching you gas yourself up on camera uh, for that gig, was it, it, it's just sensational. It's sensational filmmaking. What have those gigs been like? And can we actually count them on one hand where you've had that audience there for you? I would um, I would kind of say Brisbane was the big one, right? Brisbane, yeah. things just went your way for that gig. You were able to do the gig and you were able to do the underage. Um, there's been a few happening recently, like lineups on like festivals. Yeah, there's been a few happening recently. Um, Sally, have you had a chance to jump up like on stage with a big audience? Or uh, to perform? Yeah. Yeah, just recently I was listening out in uh, Promised Land. Well, how was that? How was that delayed sugar hit for you? Yeah, no, it was good. Yeah. Um, especially the experience as well that I got to do. Um, like work as well. Yeah. You know, just to better myself. Yeah, just to finally be able to do it and run yeah. out on stage. Was, yeah, yeah. But it was straight in the deep end, right? Because it was two shows yeah. in one day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I just thought because I knew where I was coming out to, yep. so I kind of expected it. Yep. But that's probably why well, I kind of like came out at the yeah. right time. I tell you that. <laughs> yeah. A lot of our shows were getting like canned. Yeah, yeah. Like, being able to do that tour was like big blessing. Yeah, there was a lot of things I didn't know coming out, but yeah, I think. Yeah. Just, but you know, we've 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 just started like the news yeah. of of. There's been a lot of opportunities that come up. Yeah. The early days was like when those opportunities will come up, we're excited. Yeah. But now it's like, all right, sweet. There's opportunities that come up and it's not even exciting because you don't even know if it's going to go, go through or not. Yeah, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, Rick's called me about listening out. And he's like, oh, they're doing, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. So, yeah, for yeah, sure, yeah. You know? so it gets like that, you know. It's, it's kind of like you go, like, there's opportunities. I'm expecting it to yeah. get. You expect it to get taken from you. Yeah, so I don't even, so like it got to a point where I don't even get excited. Like I just don't wait, like put it in my head too much. Like if it goes through, it goes through. If it doesn't, then it's Because I was just preparing myself for Promised Land the whole time, you know, and then we get this last minute call up. And they're like, yeah, um, this and now want us to do the tour. Yeah. Like when, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, the earliest tomorrow. (laughs) You know, I was like, well, tomorrow? He's like, yeah, they want us to do it. And then, Right, we don't think twice weeks. about those yeah, opportunities. For sure. You've you know? got to move quick too. Yeah, because like, it's an opportunity that we've been waiting on for a long time. So yeah. like, why not jump at it? That's you know? crazy to think. So like, you've got two different experiences with like 
live, right? You got to get a few away while Silly was inside. Spenny got to like try a few different gigs and, and, and you know. And then you get out and he's already used to like every opportunity being taken from you and then it's on. Like you're yeah. all on stage. <laughs> It's good to go through it with the boys together, yeah. like, you know. That's yeah, what we yeah. got there. And, now you're yeah. all on the same level and no, you've got that to, taste. Yeah, move forward and um, more opportunities. Do more shows, yeah. Yeah, more yeah. shows. Is that where you're kind of at now? You're kind of like, you get the opportunity, you get the phone call from the manager, and then is there a little bit of a feeling, well, do we keep this quiet? No, it's just <laughs> like, it's whatever. Rick knows that as well. It's like When he tells me about stuff, I'm just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like take it with a grain of salt because so used to it like being shut down and I'm just sick of being disappointed like left disappointed at the end of it which is so disappointing that that's normal as well to feel that way yeah. that it's normal that you can't get excited about these potentially you know life changing opportunities sure. because there's such a high chance of it not being able to actually yeah go ahead you know yeah, it's, it, it, it's a different kind of anticlimax to what mm. I think most people would be used to when they're excited for something because it's happened so many times now. So you are kind of numb to it. But it does feel like there's things moving. I mean, this documentary yeah. obviously is highlighting just who you are and just yeah. how, just what happens behind the scenes when you guys are getting ready for a gig, what your audience looks like, what you've done previously to ensure that people are behaving. That was really interesting to see. You had like the local ministry members in Brisbane at the Brisbane concert, yeah. local uh, community, community leaders. leaders. Being yeah. present, which was yeah, and, and and hopefully I think maybe you know promoters events are able to sort of take something from the film and see what you can do to ensure that it does go ahead and that it does go okay. Yeah. And I think by yeah, you know, having the, the community community leaders present in the Brisbane show, I think um, shows that these gigs can engage the community in a meaningful way to yeah. make sure everything goes okay. And yeah, so hopefully that leads to kind of maybe more thoughtfulness behind how people approach putting on gigs and there's just more willingness yeah to well when we see it with football events like the, is the amount of people you see in crowd control at a football event you don't see that at a music concert that could be the difference just yeah. having you know that many people visible kind of responsible adults in charge but Peter Noble put the boys on Blues Fest 2024 <laughs> put them up there all the hippies will have them don't worry about that um <laughs> But I, I, I want to now talk about filmmaking, going from video clips, music yeah. videos. Video yeah. clips is an outdated oh, term, sorry. Promos. Video hits. Yeah. Uh, from music videos to feature length. When did you realize, I'm going to just go for a full 90 minutes on these fellas? I think, I, I mean, I've always wanted to make, you know, films. I've always been interested in making, you know, films and not just sort of being contained to music videos. I think when we started shooting uh, one for it was always initially going to be just a short thing. It was mm. going to be a little you know, a two-minute thing for socials, a 10-minute thing for YouTube, yeah. maybe a 20-minute thing for TV at some point. Yeah. Um, I think part of it was the, you know, the support of the, you know, the producers and of, 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 of Netflix, but also part of it was, I think, um, the story just kept on getting more and more, you know, something kept on happening. It kept yeah. on changing. There yeah. were so many, you know, twists and turns in the actual narrative that um, it was hard to contain it to something short. Yeah, for sure. And I think I, you know, we wanted to do something that did one for justice and, um, you know, it was an accurate, honest depiction of, you know, both sides of the story, but really gave itself enough time to explore the issues and the themes and, and um, you know, tell as much of the story as we can. There's obviously so much more that we, you know, couldn't include. Um, there's just such interesting, you know, other context to it. And there's so much that has happened since. Yeah. But yeah, I think the choice to do a feature was, it feels like the right approach for a story like this. You know, it's a movie. It's a, it's Did a you ever have story. like a Baz Luhrmann, Tarantino moment where someone, 
who's involved in this that isn't you says, man, we need to lose 10, 20 minutes. There's, <laughs> oh, yeah. Because you love your art at that point, right? But you there's can't. so many interesting stories that yeah. couldn't make the cut. There's And stories that, you know, these guys have told me over the years that we've either recorded interviews for or yeah. that I just know and have wanted to include. Um, some stuff about the American connection that, you know, Loma and P have with their dad. Um, you know, Sel's got told me this story about the first time he went into street uni and, and the experience of that that is something that we would have loved to yeah, be able yeah. to include. But again, you're really... You're you know, limited with 90 minutes. Yeah. It could have been a trilogy. It could have been, you know, we could have been on Fast and the Furious on these guys. Yeah. It could have gone 10, 10 movies. Um, yeah. I want to uh, I want to ask if you're comfortable sharing that story, Sally, about street uni. Oh, yeah. First time I went to record at street uni i was riding at the time and i wanted to start this rap career my rap career and um yeah i booked in a session at uh street uni and yeah i jumped on the bus and i was on my way to mountie and i was just by myself so i didn't have anyone to go up there with it was just yeah i took it real serious at the time and i was walking back up and down at the bottom of the stairs at street uni and like, my session started now so i thought like, am I going to do it? Am I not going to do it? Am I going to go up there? And I thought, you know what? I got to stuff it. You know, I'm going to go up there. I'm going to record. When I got up there, Lex was there. Yeah. yeah. So he was already in the studio at the time. So Lex and uh, CG Fez, they were recording me. And, you know, and I jumped in the studio. And, um, I, you know, I did my thing. But I just thought... What would happen if I never walked, yeah. you know, walked Sliding in the studio, you know, what, if I didn't, yeah, if I didn't walk in the studio or... This is before any of the boys had joined you, this is just, yeah, you yeah. were the first one rolling through. Yeah, this was before we all came together as a group. Really? So, I just thought, you know, yeah. when I look back at it, I thought... Just the kid on the bus, easy. right? Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I, th- I think that the idea that, you, you know, you felt that, that hesitation but went and did it, I, I find so interesting and it's, you know, it, it says just so much about the you know, the willingness to take such a big risk in, you know, pursuing music initially, but also in continuing to pursue it through yeah. all of these hurdles. Um, so there's so many interesting, yeah, moments that, you know, it's, it's, it's got to be an eight-part series or something yeah, next. Yeah, you know? we'll hear it all. I mean, yeah. they've, they've also got music to tell us all these stories. I'd like to hear what is coming next from 1-4. Is, is there been any studio time of late or is it more about focusing on all this stuff? Um, yeah, there's been we've been focusing a lot on like the tours and yeah. it's just been a busy like end of the year. But yeah, we have been in the studio. Yeah. We've been in yeah. the studio and, and we're working on our first our first project yeah. that we're, we're gonna release out to the public. But yeah, just of recent, it's just been you know all this stuff that's been coming up, just yeah. taking a bit by bit. Yeah. It's like been very busy end of the year. For but sure, there is, yeah, there is a lot of music that's. There's a lot of music yeah, that hasn't that's been released. Yet. That's ready right. to go. Yeah, I want to. I want to talk about that experience coming out of jail. Yeah. Are you coming out with notepads? You know, is that what is yeah, that what's happening? <laughs> yeah, I came out with verses. I yeah. came out with um, songs and that. So, yeah. kind of, um, it's good that I did that for myself because I prepared myself, mm. or at least I had something and some work and music to come out to. Yeah. So when I went to a couple of studio sessions and that, I just slapped them on. Yeah, right. Well, I'm excited for it, guys. And who knows, when does this thing actually drop? Uh, next Thursday, 26th. 26th, okay. Yeah. Who the hell knows what's going to happen from that point, guys? This is like this is like another whole different thing happening. This is going to the world on Thursday. 
And, and it's great to see Sally's energized and he's here with, you know, he's mm-hmm. come out of jail with all his ideas and all his art. Uh, and it's all happening for you, boys. So there was one thing that was said in that documentary, which you hear in a lot of kind of different documentaries about areas like Mount Druitt. You've either got footy, until recently now you have music. In, music wasn't really an option. So it was a footy or jail for young blokes. Uh, what else could you guys see yourself doing outside of music? You know, the, you're obviously creative. Is, it, is there a performer in you? Do you think maybe there's a little bit of a... Uh, are you talking before we chose music? Before you chose now? music? You know, are there, is, is, uh, is, is there a bit of theatre kid in Spenny? <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be honest, like, I don't know. Like, yeah. just, it's like weird to think about what I could have been if mm. it wasn't for this. Yeah. Like, there's, you can't really say, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. I didn't even know how I got here. Yeah. You know? Well, the story's only just begun, guys. There's plenty of music to come, as Sally said, and there's a documentary coming out on Thursday, which might see a little bit of a bump in your social media. I don't know. Uh, yeah. A global Netflix yeah. documentary about Trill oh, Rap. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us today, guys. Thanks for having yeah, us. Yeah, thanks for up. having us. Up the Penny Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Gabe. Congratulations on your first feature length. Ah, thank you. Yeah. Is is that it? Is that the first feature length? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. And much more to come from this bloke too. Uh, This has been a a terrific way to, I guess, premiere your film. Was it South by Southwest Sydney? It was the best thing South by Southwest Sydney could have done uh, if they're talking about arts and culture. Yeah, it's all happening. It's all happening in Mountie County. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.